Denizens of the night. Welcome to another episode of the Macabre, the Terrifying. Broadcasting live from an old clock tower at the stroke of midnight, I will be your guide through the witching hours. Tonight, our scene opens upon a picturesque, sleepy town at the center of which looms a hulking clock tower. This tower is a fixture among the locals, who can see it from just about anywhere. The regular chiming of the clock tower is a familiar sound as it rolls through the streets. But one day, the huge hands stop moving, freezing just after one o'clock. <laughs> If this were any other radio station telling any other kind of stories, that'd be no big deal, wouldn't it? But this is Don't Fall Asleep, so you can probably guess things only get worse from there. This story is called A Broken Clock is Right Thrice a Day, and was written by Reddit user Nom 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 Nation. Let's fade in on the quiet streets of Witchford, where our story begins. Once, twice, thrice. Did you know that those are the only words of their type? There's no quadrice or anything of the sort. After thrice, there's nothing. I find it odd that our language doesn't have a word like this for every number, but even odder is that we even bothered to invent thrice at all. It's not a commonly spoken word. Not outside of Witchford, anyway. A broken clock is right thrice a day. A spin on a classic saying, yet one with its meaning opaque to outsiders. I invite you to learn of the saying's origin— as I walk you through the events that transpired last summer in a place I can never bring myself to go back to. The clock tower stood tall in the British village of Witchford, visible from any street. Not exactly a huge feat when your village only has six streets, but it still stood proudly at the center. It was always able to see you. Lights behind the clock faces illuminated them at night, easy to mistake for the moon at a quick glance of the skyline. Their harsh white glow, a reminder of the passing minutes. The hourly chimes echo this to those even without a direct line of sight. If anything about Witchford was eerie to newcomers, this clock tower was it. To me, though, it was just there to tell me when my shift ended. The local corner store I worked at had a window directly facing this tower. One day, on a Saturday at precisely 1.07 p.m., the hands stopped moving. I didn't notice until a customer I was serving chuckled slightly. I can't believe it's been 1.07 for nearly an hour, her sarcastic tone still not cluing me into what exactly she meant. I didn't clock on to the joke, until she showed me her watch and gestured towards the clock tower. Sure enough, it was 2 p.m., yet the tower told otherwise. Well, 
I guess it'll be right again tomorrow, I joked. Twice, if we're lucky. On her way out, she told me that she was going to inform Tobias. I'm sure he already knows, but there's no harm in me just making sure. Tobias was the clockkeeper. His house was attached to the tower. I've never been inside, so I'm not sure whether he technically lived in the tower or next door. I suppose that depends on whether the buildings connect internally. Either way, the tower was his responsibility, as it had been for the past fifty years, since his father tragically died after falling from the tower. At 5 p.m., as I finished work, I heard the familiar five chimes, seeming to confirm that the tower had been fixed. I never stopped to realize that the chimes continued to be eerily missing the rest of the day, nor did I look at the tower. In the morning the next day, as I left my house for a walk in the summer heat, I saw that the clock tower still read 107, despite hearing the five chimes the day prior. My walk always consists of walking down all six streets, stopping to say hello to anybody I pass on the way. It's only a 15-minute walk, unless the conversations delay it. On this day, though, the air felt quiet, even for a small village like Witchford. Things felt particularly more melancholy than normal. By the end of my walk, I hadn't seen a single person. That was until I got to the final street, the one that goes right through the center of our village, right past the clock tower. I could see Rob, Witchford's lone police officer, standing in the doorway. His hat was held solemnly in his hands, a gesture that he reserves usually only for church services. By the time I got to the clock tower, he had gone to sit in his car. I could hear other officers on his radio, confirming that they were on their way to the location. His car window had been rolled down, so I stopped to say hello. Morning, I spoke with care to remove emotion from my voice. I didn't know what had happened or how serious the situation was. If something bad had happened, I didn't want to be the oblivious twat who walks in and asks, Why the long face? He seemed to not even notice me until I'd spoken. Hey, uh, hey, yeah, morning to you too. Is everything okay? Yeah, his words not matching his mannerisms. Uh, well, things'll be okay. He looked pale. I didn't know what he had seen, but it had spooked him to his core. Before I even got the chance to ask further, he answered with what he knew I was curious about. Uh, we're gonna have to announce it soon anyway, so... He stepped out of his car and stood beside me. Three bodies were just found inside the gears of the tower, twisted and mangled. I froze at the mental image in my head. It was enough to make me feel sick. I couldn't even imagine how he felt. Did they fall in? Who are they? We don't know anything yet. None of them are local residents. I didn't recognize their faces. At least not uh, what was left of them. We're treating it as suspicious, 
But until we investigate further, that's all I can say. As the day went on, more information was released. Sketches of their faces were shown, and not a single person said they knew them. Their identities were a mystery to us, yet we still felt shared mourning for their deaths. It was thought to have been a freak accident after checking various cameras and questioning local residents. Nothing suspicious was found. At 4 p.m., the clock chimed four, though the hands remained motionless. I think by now it's clear where the saying came from. I don't know who was the first to say it, but for these few days, it's all anybody would say when those chimes hit. Well, even a broken clock is right thrice a day. It wasn't exactly a joke, although by definition I suppose it is. Nobody ever laughed when the words were spoken. It was more like an absurd observation. The statement itself silently asked the question, but how is it possible for a broken clock to be right thrice a day? The next day, more police were in the area. I would have asked Rob what was happening, but he spent most of the day beyond where the public was now allowed to reach, tied up in the whole ordeal. This day sticks in my mind the most, because it was before any of us knew what was truly going on but we knew enough to draw up theories. A lot of people thought that maybe they'd found more evidence, perhaps even pointing to murder. A crowd of us were on the street of the tower, hoping for someone to inform us of anything. We fell silent at 3 p.m. as three chimes played. We went home without any new information, though our questions were partially answered in a town meeting called the next day. Rob stood in front of our small town hall, with officers on either side of him. Seeing more than a single police officer in our tiny village still felt surreal. <clears throat> As you all know, two days ago, three bodies were found in Witchford Clock Tower. As of now, the identities of these people are still unknown. After a few seconds of silence, Rob continued. Uh, yesterday, many of you noticed higher police activity. It's always best to lay theories to rest before they get out of hand. I can confirm that three more bodies were found in the same position as the previous three. So far, their identities are also unknown. We locked the tower and surrounding buildings down with police tape and 24-hour police surveillance. Muttering filled the air but quickly stopped as Rob opened his mouth to speak again. This time, it seemed to take a while for him to get any words out. As of uh, 90 minutes ago, three more bodies were discovered. This brings the death count to nine. Oh my God. Those were the only words going through my head. We're treating this as a serial murder investigation. Given how small our village is, we've been permitted to prevent anybody from entering or leaving. If any exception is needed, please talk to myself or another officer, and we'll see what we can do. Thank you. 
As he walked away and back towards the clock tower, an uproar of questions were being yelled at him. They didn't continue for long, as two chimes echoed through the streets. It was 2 p.m. Rumors started, of course. We're only human, and it's human nature to speculate. One person thought it was a psychological experiment. There's no bodies. That's why they won't show them. I can handle seeing a bit of gore. They'd show us if it was real. Many started tracking down the original plans for the clock tower in hopes of finding a secret entrance. How else would those final three bodies have snuck past the ongoing investigation? Some would whisper of ghosts, a spirit come to haunt our town, to taunt us, showing us what would happen to us if we don't do its bidding. They were quickly laughed off, but perhaps only out of denial. Everyone had noticed the pattern, of course, as I'm sure you have, too. The chimes. They started as five, then four, then three, and then two. Were they counting down? It was the second day of this village-wide lockdown, July 6th. I decided to head down to the clock tower at 12.55, at least as close to it as I could get. But... As it turns out, I wasn't the only one with this mindset. The whole village was there. The entire life of our town gathered ironically around the only spot with any recent deaths. Tobias was nowhere to be seen, however. I figured the police were probably talking to him again, trying to get any information that they could. At 12.59, the entire crowd fell silent. We were all waiting for the chime, unsure of what to expect. Our minds all focused on the same thing. The tower still stuck at 107. The seconds went by, getting us closer and closer to 1 p.m. Have you ever seen a crowd of people physically deflate? Fear and tension leaving the atmosphere as your own mind calms with it? It's fascinating to see, and it's exactly what I saw at 1 p.m. when no chimes were heard. Not a single one. It did not chime once, nor twice, nor thrice. Only a few minutes went by, and people were already leaving the crowd, when Rob stepped out of the tower. He whistled loudly to get everyone's attention. We were all dreading for him to inform us that three more bodies had been found. Instead, we learned that only one had turned up. Somehow, this was so much worse than three because this one wasn't a stranger. It was Tobias. No more bodies ever showed up after that. A few weeks went by. The lockdown was lifted and no further evidence was ever found. The clock was eventually repaired, albeit now with no clockkeeper. Our atmosphere was the final death. It had become so bleak. It seemed to be over, but the memories would forever be with us, the fear imprinted in our minds. I was at work one day, staring at the now working clock, 
when a customer walked in and handed me a wallet. Oh, this was on the floor outside. I'm not sure whose it is. I'm in a rush, so I thought I'd hand it in here. I didn't have time to speak before they left. I opened it up, and my heart sank slightly to see Tobias's face staring right back at me in a picture. I almost didn't notice the note tucked into where the money should be. Looking back, I don't know why I didn't consider this private information or immediately hand it to the police. Perhaps I was just too curious. Whatever the reason, I read it. The curse of Witchford has found me, as it found my father fifty years ago. Witchford Clock Tower is more than it seems. Dig deep enough, and you'll find rumors of it being an ancient gateway between universes. <laughs> it is not. Witchford Clock Tower is the opposite. It's the cork in a bottle. It's the lock of a door. Witchford itself is the gateway, and the clock tower keeps ticking by, keeping the will of reality flowing as normal. Should the ticking stop, reality itself won't fall too far behind. It should be maintained and kept working. The clock keeper is the locksmith of our world. All universes have their own. Ours happens to be at the heart of our village. I do not know what entity controls the towers across universes, but I do know that they require a sacrifice every fifty years. I missed my cue. On July 1st, I was supposed to die, along with every clockkeeper in every universe. But I was stupid. I didn't believe what my father had told me. Once the bodies from alternate realities started showing up, I knew I'd messed up. These clockkeepers had sacrificed themselves, and I was being shown my selfish ways. They were bleeding into our reality as a sign for me to follow them. The countdown? A sign of the end. As I write this, I'm getting ready to jump. The clock needs its keeper. The keeper is the one who holds the sacrificial curse. I'm sorry to do this to you, but whoever's reading this, you are the new keeper. You have fifty years left ahead of you. If anything should happen to you before then, make sure you have someone new appointed. If the curse has no single bearer, I fear the entire village may be its bearer. To the new clockkeeper, good luck. I'm ashamed to admit this. I left town the next day. What? The protagonist left? Get back in there. I don't have time for any cosmic trouble. <laughs> you know, I guess there is a sort of serenity in knowing the hour of your own demise, isn't there? Is that a glass half full thing to say? Or just plain macabre? Well, what would you do 
in this situation. I've heard that you can't really outrun a curse, but I guess you don't have to be around when it takes effect. Seems to me like our protagonist thinks it's uh, time to go start a new life somewhere else. If you enjoyed this story, please check out the author's other stories in the links below. There are a heaping handful of them in various genres as well. Please also leave a like on this video. And if you feel so inclined, I'd love to know what you'd do if you inherited a curse like the one in this story. <laughs> Whatever you do, keep an eye on the time and don't fall asleep. Ha, 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 ha.